1: it's a podcast, just a bit of a contrast. From what I'm used to, I usually have to talk fast. Cause there's four people sharing the mic. But this is just me, so I say whatever I like. It might be serious. Sometimes it might be funny. Sometimes you scratch your head and say Brian is such a dummy, but it's just me. I ain't got no help. This is Brian Grimes, and I'm talking to myself. It is Brian Grimes, it is my podcast, and I am talking to myself. It took a few weeks to get here. There's been a little bit of a a break uh, in the action uh, in my story because I had a lot of work to do, and then we took a little vacation, Uh, first real vacation that I've taken in a long time uh, where I didn't do anything for work or worry about anything uh, when it comes to work. Uh, But this is part two of uh, my story of 22 years at uh, XL1067. Celebrated my uh, 22-year anniversary. Uh, It was about a month and a half ago. And so this is part two of the story of how I got here. First part, you got to go check it out. Uh, Of course, talking to myself, always free on the iHeartRadio app, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, If you happen to find this one by mistake uh, and you haven't heard the other yet, well then go check out the other one. That is the the first installment of the How I Got Here story uh, at XL1067. So when we left off, um, I had been on the cusp of being technology giant and being the first star of streaming radio uh, with my old company, E-Radio Live. Uh, but we were, uh, like the podcast will tell the story, ahead of our time. Uh, and it got shut down. Uh, so now i found myself um, out of a job after trying uh, to get in radio and deciding radio was what I was going to put uh, all of my efforts into. It was fun while it lasted, but now i um, well, well they call it on the beach in radio but I've never really been fired from an actual radio station uh, and I guess technically I wasn't fired from that when the company ceased to exist <laughs> so we'll, we'll call it laid off uh, so now I find myself in a situation where um, I've I've got the the very early preliminary training of radio uh, but now um, I've got no place to do radio so um, it's kind of like uh, an artist with brushes and paints but no canvas imagine if you took the canvas away from Picasso, what would you have? Uh, And so there was no podcasting at the time. That was still not around yet. So I really didn't have anything going on. And I've never not worked since like the age of 15. So for me, it's like, all right, I got to find something to do. And so I went back to Best Buy, uh, which is, you know, basically all I knew retail. That's pretty much all I had done since I was like 17, 18 years old. So I'm like, uh, let me just jump right back into Best Buy. I didn't get any time to chill or relax because bills are due. Uh, there's no severance. <laughs> so I have like the two weeks that are coming to me in my check, and that's pretty much it. So I called up some friends at Best Buy, and I got right back into Best Buy. And I started literally probably three days after I lost my job at the Radio Live. So I am uh, going back to Best Buy, but I'm still thinking to myself, I, wa- I want to get into radio. Like, I'm not just going to give up on it. And um, I still had my ties at uh, ACI, uh, the Thanks Vance guy, which is how I got my internship at um, Clear Channel at the time to begin with. So I hit him up and I'm like, hey, you know, E-Radio Live went away. I kind of threw the, you know, you're the one who steered us there thing at him a little bit. Um, And so I need to get back into radio. He said, well, you're not in the program anymore technically, but if you can get an internship, I'll, I'll, you know, get the paperwork so you can get your foot back into the building. So I thought, all right, well, that's cool. I'll do that. Uh, in the meantime, there was a station in town um, that was flipping. Uh, Rock is what it was called, 105.9. And they were looking for a new morning show. And I hadn't done any actual terrestrial radio before. We were the first streaming radio, remember? Uh, but my friend Chris and I, we put together a, a demo tape um, and uh, tried to get on the uh, new Rock station. So I figure, well, I like I like most of the music they play, and, well, you know, I've never been in radio before, but I've done some some stuff. So now we w- we got together at one of his friends' house who had a studio, and we put together a, a demo, which, thank God, uh, no one has a copy of. Although I think Chris told me he did have a copy of it, but I hope he doesn't. Anyway, um, and they were doing commercials uh, during the hiring process at Orock. Playing some of the demo reels that they had received. And every time one came on, I was like, oh my God, please don't let this be ours. Please don't let this be ours. Um, and it wasn't, thankfully. So, obviously, didn't get that. Um, and I interviewed here in the building at Clear Channel for an internship on the Phillips File, which at the time, Jim Phillips, huge afternoon show on Real Radio. And I already knew some of the guys from Real Radio uh, from when I interned, in, uh, interned, interned in production, um, and so I kind of knew some of the guys. And I'm thinking to myself, "All right, well, you know, I, I, I'd love to jump on th- that that show, uh, learn the ropes from you know one of the Central Florida radio legends." Um, so I did my interview uh, with uh, the Phillips file. Didn't go all that well. Um, not that I think I was bad. I just think I, I definitely wasn't what they were looking for. Uh, and so. Uh, while Jack was cool to me, uh, and Otto at the time was cool to me, um, some people were not cool to me, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, so I didn't get the internship on the Phillips file. Uh, but I'm going home, uh, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, Jen, she said, hey, I heard a commercial uh, on the radio for XL 106.7. They're hiring in what they call the fun and games department. I'm like, okay. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the fun and games department at XL 106.7 is. uh, But, okay, cool. I'll give it a shot, see what happens. Uh, So I reach out to XL 106.7 uh, and inquire about a position in the fun and games department. Well, Glory is the promotions manager. So she's in charge of the fun and games department because that is what they call the promotions department. Um, Just so happens that Glory has a cousin... Who worked at the broadcast team Who was the parent company For E-Radio Live So he knew who I was Because they used to listen to E-Radio Live uh, In the main building of the broadcast team While they were at work during the day So when I told her where I worked She said oh my cousin Works there as well And I had actually met him before So I had kind of an in there Which was cool And she asked me a couple of questions About the radio station And I'm going to be honest I didn't know a whole lot about the radio station. Uh, I listened when I was in high school, but now I'm years removed from high school, uh, and I'm listening to sports talk radio and you know talk radio because that's what I really want to do. I don't want to be a, a DJ. I want to be like a host. You know, I want to be like you know a talker. Uh, and so she's asking me questions about the radio station. And if she didn't know me through her cousin, she probably would have kicked me out because I did not do so well on the the pop quiz. Uh, but because I had ties with her cousin, I think. And uh, she needed help because Red Hot and Boom was around the corner. Uh, They hired me in the uh, XL 106.7 Fun and Games Department. So now I am officially an employee of an actual terrestrial radio station. Now, the Fun and Games Department, which is promotions, is kind of like the ground floor. Uh, for the radio station. You you go put up the tents. You make sure that the talent has what they need. You make sure everybody has what they need. You run all the errands uh, that you need to run and stuff. But you don't touch the microphone. uh, And usually you don't even walk into the studio when you're in the fun and games department. But whatever, dude. Uh, I'm in the building. Got my foot in the door, which was always the goal, right? So uh, now I'm still working at Best Buy, but I'm also working in the uh, XL1067. Fun and games department, so I'm just running like crazy because there's not enough money in either to, to do just one or the other. Unless I wanted to be like a Best Buy manager someday, which is not what I was shooting. Um, so I remember my first gig um, at XL1067 uh, as a promotions assistant uh, was at the Virgin Megastore which is now Splitsville, uh, down in Disney Springs. And so the way it works when you're in the promotions department, if you have an appearance where you are the promotions team, you get to the station, generally speaking, this is back in the day, two hours before the the gig starts, and you get all your stuff together, whatever you need for that gig, if it's a table, if it's, uh, you know the tablecloth, the banners, the prizes, all that stuff. You get that together, uh, you head into the XL van, and you head to your gig. That's the way it works. So I came to the station to get everything together for my first ever uh, promotions gig, and it's going to be at the Virgin Megastore down at Disney Springs, and it's a book signing, I believe, I want to say, for Mandy Moore. Um, And so I, I walk into the radio station. I haven't really met anybody yet, and the elevator opens when I'm going To leave with my bin full of stuff to head down to the XL van. Elevator door opens, and it's summertime, so it's hot outside. Uh, And I ain't lying, I'm not trying to... One of the coolest dudes I've ever seen is standing in the elevator, like Johnny Bravo looking. It's Chad Pitt, who was the night guy on XL 106.7 at the time. Uh, It's summertime, it's hot. He ain't sweating a lick. uh, And he's got his... You know, jeans on and his leather jacket and his aviator sunglasses and his hair is all perfect uh, like a Ken doll. And the door opens and it's it's as if I heard harps going off and it's Chad Pitt standing there and he doesn't know who I am. So he does the nod and he walks off the elevator because he's going to the studio to do some work before he goes to the Virgin Megastore because I got to be there two hours early. So I get my stuff together, go down to the Virgin Megastore uh, and I'm uh, the promotions guy uh, for for that. And that was kind of like my first gig, but there was a bunch of them after that. I mean, I worked a bunch of promo gigs, um, you know, putting up tents, hanging out, whatever. But I got hired for Red Hot and Boom. So every year for Red Hot and Boom, they got to kind of fortify the staff. Uh, so they hired me for Red Hot and Boom, and so Red Hot and Boom's coming up, and it is hot, hot, hot. And promotions works the hardest at Red Hot and Boom because I got to be there first thing in the morning, get everything set up. They, the itinerary for Red Hot and Boom, if you're in promotions, Is ludicrous Uh, You gotta make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be You gotta make everything is where it's supposed to be Uh, You set everything up You break everything down So it's a long, long day Uh, So we're hustling through our our Red Hot and Boom It's my first one ever I've actually never even been to Red Hot and Boom Because it was just always so crowded I'm like, I'm not going there But I'm working it now Um, And and I'm grinding it out I'm doing whatever you know, Putting up tents uh, Hanging out Handing out stuff uh, Escorting artists to the stage Uh, and it was just a a long, long day of work. So you, you start at like 7am, you finish after midnight. Uh, but it's, it's a grind. Well, after red hot and boom, luckily, uh, I didn't, you know, get the ax. I got to stay on, uh, in the XL fun and games department. So I'm working promo, I'm doing gigs, uh, you know, car dealerships, sometimes working three, four gigs a day, whatever. And I still have my other full-time job, uh, as well at Best Buy. Well, I mean, it's pretty close to full-time. It's like 35, 40 hours a week, uh, and I'm putting in, you know, weekend hours uh, here in the XL 106.7 fun and games department. Uh, so I, I'm still doing that. Still haven't touched uh, a studio yet at XL 106.7. Um, I, um, I, I'm deciding that I can't really stay in retail anymore. It's just not working for me, and the hours for retail and radio are kind of very similar. So uh, my wife had just got a job. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, I had just got a job in property management, where she was managing apartments and you know kind of leasing. And I thought to myself, well, that's that's kind of a set, you know, nine to fiver type schedule. I, I could do that and then still work at XL on the weekends and late nights. So I got a job uh, at a uh, apartment complex in Longwood, and I was the uh, leasing agent at the apartment complex um, in Longwood. And I was still doing the XL stuff, but at least it was closer to the station, and I could still go back and forth and do uh, both things. So I was doing that, uh, and then I started making fake air checks. Uh, air checks are basically, you know, you on the air and your boss, the music director, assistant program director, and program director, they listen to it and kind of critique you, uh, and it's basically what you would sound like if you were on the air. But you make fake ones in like one of the little prod room studios because they're not going to really put you on the air uh, until they hear what you sound like. So I started making these fake air checks. Uh, And I would make a few a week, and I was just trying to always get on, and I would leave them in the box of the assistant program director, uh, music director at the time, and nothing came of it. But Alex Diaz, who you may remember from Doc and Johnny and uh, Johnny and Jade back in the day, and now he's on the radio all over the place. Uh, He's like a hustler. Uh, He had uh, the late night show here. He was 10 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., and so he started letting me do little like uh, little bits, like call-in stuff. Like I would go give out lottery tickets at Red Lights and stuff and uh, do little bits on the radio with uh, one of our friends. And we called ourselves Two Piece and Biscuit. I was Biscuit, by the way. Um, and so we started doing that, uh, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, our assistant program director slash music director at the time didn't really think it was all that funny, and he nixed it. <laughs> so now uh, I've been kind of kicked off the little... Tiny bit of radio stuff that I've been doing, but I'm still, you know, making these fake air checks and just hustling and trying to get on the radio. Um, And finally, finally it happened. So back in the day, uh, now through the magic of radio, you can record ahead, right? And you can voice track, we call it, uh, and you don't have to be there. But back in the day, when I first started, there was no voice tracking. Uh, So we had someone on the air named Renee, and uh, one Sunday night, she wanted to go to a concert, and she couldn't get anyone to cover her shift. So I had been making these fake air checks uh, and they called me and they said, hey, Renee can't come in. Could you cover Sunday evening? And I was like, uh, uh, absolutely, I can cover Sunday evening. Now, I had never been on live radio radio. I've been on the internet radio thing and we kind of just BS with each other. But I'd never done a music shift before where it's just me on the radio. But I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so I did it and I still have the cassette. I have a box of cassettes and I still have my first ever uh, air check from that Sunday on XL 106.7. And from the second that I turned on the mic and I got to talk on the radio, I'm like, yep, this is it. I'm going to make this work. This is what I'm going to do. Like, it's it's going to happen. Uh, and I just started, you know, busting, busting my butt here, like saying yes to every single thing. I uh, got to do a few overnight shifts, got to fill in some more Sundays. Eventually Renee uh, moved on. And then so Sunday kind of became a rotating, floating shift. And I was like, anytime I could do it, you know, let me do it. I want to do it. Uh, and so I started doing that. Uh, and then around the building, we have a lot of radio stations here. Um, anytime anything came up or anyone needed help with anything, I'm like, yep, uh, I'm your dude. I said yes to everything. My first ever time running the board, like where I was controlling the board for a broadcast, was uh, with Bob Barry. Uh, it was at, uh, at the time Cool uh, I think Cool One O. What was it? Cool One Hundred Point Three, and the, yeah, yeah, because it was a, back in the day a rock station. Then it became She One Hundred Point Three. Then it was Cool One Hundred Point Three, and Bob Barry was the guy, and I ran the board for him. And he's like a, an old school radio legend here in Central Florida as well. And he gave me the the rave reviews, the two thumbs up. And because of my association with XL, he started calling me Baby DJ because I was young at the time, 24, 25. And he was an older guy. Um, it was an oldie station. And so I ran the board for Bob Barry. I remember that. First time I ever uh, ran the board. And then we had these brokered shows uh, down on the uh, sports station at the AM station. Basically, a company can buy radio time and do a show about their business. Uh, and, you know, some commercials run and they can do whatever they want. So we had these two shows on Saturday mornings. I mean, early Saturday mornings. It was the boat show and uh, Jay Zimbauer and the car show. And the boat show uh, was uh, from a marina in Sanford. That's where the guys were from. But they would come here every Saturday morning. I'd get here like 5, 5.30 on Saturday mornings, no matter what I did on Friday night, the night before. Uh, and I would run the board for the boat show. And then after they were done, I would run the board for the car show. But a lot of times, um, the car show, the host, Jay Zimbauer, was super busy. And so it got to the point where he wouldn't show up and I would be scrambling. So this is actually w- one of the cool things that I picked up early on. I mean, actually, thank you to him for that. Because it it, it helped me learn that you got to always be ready to adjust on the fly. And you got to figure it out. Like, that's, that's just the way it works. And I always tell the people that I teach now... Running this is easy if nothing goes wrong, right? I mean, once you see what you're supposed to do, it's it's simple. It's like driving a car. You just go straight. It's when something gets in your way and you got to figure out what to do. Something goes wrong. Something breaks. That's when you learn things. Uh, and I tell that to the people here now. Like, look, I make it look easy um, because, you know, I've done this so many times. But that's early on when I started learning, okay, you've got to come up with plan. B, C, D, E, F, all the way down to Z. Uh, and that's what I'm really good at. And it started, you know, back when I was running these brokerage shows. So I, before voice tracking, um, started recording the car show and breaking it up into little segments and just holding it. Um, that way I was, I had it. I was ready to go if something would go sideways, and so, you know, when Jay wouldn't show up, I would just thumb through my file, pop in my mini-disc, and I had a car show ready to go, and that was like the early origins of tracking ahead for me, um, and, f- you know, figuring it out. That's what I've always done, so um, did that for the longest time, And then uh, we had a a a sentinel show, like a sports show, that was here that I would I would work with all the time, and you know it was basically say no to nothing, like say yes to everything that had to do with broadcasting on the air. Uh, The next red hot and boom, I did not work in promotions. I was here in the studio, uh, and I did a sixteen hour day running the board for all the live broadcasts and running the audio for the fireworks. I just again, you don't say no to anything. You say yes to everything, and you don't get paid for all of it either. <laughs> it's just the way that it is, man. You grind it out, and it's 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 a means to an end. I used to tell my wife that all the time. Sometimes she would get frustrated with me, and I would like, look, just trust me. Trust me. There's a purpose. There's a reason I'm doing this. There's a there's gonna be an end of the tunnel, and you just gotta trust that we're gonna get there. Uh, and this is part of. it. Grinding it out, saying yes to everything, and just doing the stuff you don't necessarily want to do uh, is the way you do that. So part of promotions also is um, working office hours. And so in office hours, you kind of just come and, you know, do some paperwork, hand out prizes at the prize window back in the day, uh, maybe even make runs to get the the product that you hand out at, at events and stuff like that. Uh, and so I was scheduled to do office hours Um on September 11th, 2001. And on the personal side of this, my wife and I, well she's my girlfriend at the time, we're in a, a huge fight. We weren't really talking to each other at all.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Um, so September 11th, 2001,
1: I'm scheduled to do office hours. I'm on my way into the radio station, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm coming down Wymore Road, and um, I turn on the radio uh, on XL 106.7. Doc and Johnny are on, and I hear them talking about what's going on uh, in New York with the World Trade Center. And ironically, at the time, I remember Chad Pitt was there in New York for something else. But he was on the phone talking with them about what was going on. And at the time, if you think back to 2001, if you were around then, there was no social media. uh, There was no, like, streaming anything, like... News was how you got the news, old school. We used to run down every day and get the newspaper. You watch the news on TV, but there wasn't a whole lot of information available. There were websites, but it's not the web web like you know it today at all. So um, I'm listening to this on my way in. I get to the station. I go check in down in the promotions office, and um, I just run down to the XL studio. Now, at this time, I know Doc and Johnny because I've been doing a bunch of gigs and promotions uh, for the morning show. Uh, and one of the things that I always did when I worked promotions for the morning show was, for me, it was like, look, those guys, Doc and Johnny, uh, and at the time, Hilo and Buckethead, those guys are the stars of the show. I need to make sure they got everything they need at all times. Like, so if they need a mic, I got to get them a mic. If they need to be in this spot, this spot. And I was always on point, like no matter what it was, all the way down to the little details about making sure they had drinks when they needed drinks, uh, water when they needed water, whatever. So they kind of knew that I was the kind of hustler in the promotions department. And so we get here on September 11th, and I run down, and they're on the air in the studio. Well, ironically, that's the day that Hila, who was the main producer of the show, was out. Buckethead was in, and we had another promotions guy. His name was Ryan, and he was just kind of helping out on the phones and, and whatnot. So I just jumped in the studio, and I'm like, all right, what can I do? Um, I hadn't run the show ever or anything like that. I hadn't really used the call screener before, but I'm really good at figuring things out and gathering information. So I'm like, all right, let me jump on this. So I started making phone calls to anyone that I could think of. Uh, you know, I was calling... Uh, military contacts that we had tracked down. I was calling NASA contacts because, you know, NASA was here. I was calling the, the theme parks because everyone was afraid that at the time Disney might have been a target. I was trying to get people on the phone, you know, in Washington, in New York, anyone that we could find. I was just grabbing it, finding information, copying and pasting it, cutting things out and handing it to them. Whatever I could do, um, I was like just running crazy. Whatever I could do. We stayed on the air that day for hours. Um, while they were going through what was going on in New York, um, just talking to people, and I remember when it was done, Johnny pulled me aside and he said, "Man, that's that that's some good stuff that you just did. That's that's what a person is supposed to do that wants to be in this position. Like you just jumped in, uh, and it wasn't about you know trying to you know get on a microphone or any of that stuff. It was like, what do you need? And I'm like, look, that's that's what I know, dude. What what do you need?" Um, A couple days later, we did a live broadcast as a fundraiser, uh, and I was out there. He requested that I be out there for that. Um, So I was out there for that, working promotions and kind of helping out, making sure everything was on point for that. Uh, And then I told him uh, one night we were hanging out, um, it was probably at Antigua, because we always did three for ones at Antigua. And at this point, you know, we were always like, why don't you come out with us? I said, hey, man, I really, really want to be on the morning show. Like, that's... That's what I want to do. Like uh, I've I've put in the effort. I've done a lot of things in the building. I, I'm obviously not ready to host a morning show yet, but like that's that's what I want to do. And he said, bring me a resume, and uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. There's no positions open, but bring me a resume and we'll see what we can do. And that was on a Friday night, and I said, all right. Uh, we hung out for a little while longer, and I went home. And Monday morning, I knew that Johnny was the first one to get into the building. Uh, so, Monday morning, I put together a resume, and it was <laughs> probably the wackest little resume you ever saw, because I didn't really have a whole lot under my belt. I was on a, an internet, internet radio station, which at the time probably held zero weight to a person who's a morning show host. Um, so, I put together this little whack resume, and I thought to myself, well, I'm going to beat him to the building. So, when he got to the building on Monday morning, I was standing uh, inside the lobby with my resume in hand and it was awkward because I remember like he didn't know what to do I was like all right like do I send this guy home do I let him stay uh, it was a weird it felt like 30 minutes but it was probably like 30 seconds and he looked at it and he's like right, man I didn't mean bring it to me like today and I'm like nah man you said bring you a resume uh, and he goes all right man well you know I'll I'll put it in the office and we'll see what's what and I'm like, all right. And I left. <laughs> so I was here for like a total of like three minutes, maybe with him here. Uh, and I went home crashed out. Uh, and then I went and did my nine to five cause I had a nine to five. Uh, but that's how it all got started with me, uh, working on the morning show at all. And, uh, I, uh, handed Johnny my resume and the goal was to find something for me to do. Uh, but again, no positions were open. Uh, but as again, fate would have it. Um, Buckethead was leaving the morning show and he was moving down to the rock station. Um, so it was going to be Hyla, doc, Johnny grace. And they had a crawl screener at the time. Uh, but she wasn't like a full on part of the show, part of the show. She was just like, you know, a call screener. Uh, so they found a way to let me come in and I was still working in promotions. So I was still clocking a little promotions, even though like the pay in promotions is pretty small. Um, So they they let me do that, and I was still working my full-time job at the apartment place because I couldn't give that up. So I would get up um, at, like, 4 in the morning, and I would come to the station by 5, and I would work on the morning show from 5 a.m. until about 8.50 a.m. So 5 a.m. to about 8.50 a.m., and then I would change in my car on the way to the apartment complex in Longwood And I let them, uh, I got them to let me be 15 minutes late every day. And so I would work my 9.15 to 5 job at the apartment complex. And then I would come back at night and work uh, whatever promotions gig I had. Whatever it be, teen night um, or, you know, a car dealership. And then sometimes I would work the teen night in promotions and then come back and do the overnights live here. Uh, And then stay all night and hang out until the morning show started and hang out there and then go to work. So sometimes it was like a full 24 hours. It was just crazy. You know, you do what you got to do to get where you want to get. And where I am now is where I wanted to get. So now not only is my foot in the door at XL, my foot is now in the door on the morning show. uh, Because now I'm not part of the show, but I'm allowed to be on the show and uh, at least get the ball rolling. Uh, so now I have gone from um, Internet radio sensation that could have been like the pioneer of Internet radio to unemployed back to Best Buy uh, to turn down for an internship to accept it into the XL 1067 fun and games department. Uh, and when my foot was in the door, I said, you know what, I'm going to kick this bitch in. Uh, and yeah. eventually I did. And that's where we'll pick up on the next installment of my 22 years at XL1067. Make sure you're following me on all my socials. It's at the Brian Grimes on everything. Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Threads. Uh, make sure you follow uh, my delicious Spice Rum at Yoho Spice Rum on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, YohoRum.com. Make sure you check us out each weekday morning. Johnny's House, uh, 6 to 10 on XL1067, anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, and then I'm back 2 to 7 each weekday afternoon on Magic 1077 playing all your favorites from the 80s and the 90s. And then all day long, old school hip-hop and R&B. I do that from noon to six, six days a week on the
0: iHeartRadio app uh, in a city near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?